Leading Britain's conversation. You're listening to a podcast of The Steve Allen Show from LBC. Morning, a pretty nice heavy company. Welcome to Sunday, the 4th of November, which means... Well, actually, there were loads of fireworks last night. And so there's going to be another low tomorrow night. Fancy it occurring on a Monday. How boring is that? But I don't suppose it makes too much difference, does it? But uh, I still like hearing the fireworks. I still like looking at them. I still think they're very, very pretty. Prince Charles is visiting Ghana. It's just another sort of kind of holiday kind of thing where they go around and we go, uh, lovely, hello, do we own this? You know, that's the kind of thing. Uh, The Downing Street uh, official complaint over the Radio 4 Brexit report. The full English this morning. We found one with 4,000 calories. That seems an awful lot, doesn't it? I was trying to explain earlier on what 4,000 calories looks like. The producer said, uh, oh, because I'm on a diet. Not not that you'd notice. Not that you'd notice these sort of things. 4,000 calories seems like quite a lot. Uh, There's one dad's 30 year of agony with a bungling dentist. He's had one tooth filled about... 35 times. Why? I've no idea. Uh, squaddies are banned from Greg's. You know why? It's too fattening for them. So, But I thought all squaddies are fit. You know, because they do get the exercise. They've, we've had them down at Waterloo Station this week selling the poppies. And everybody looks fit. Everybody looks healthy. I mean, it's, it's, it's ridiculous that they're going to ban them from Greg's. I don't think I've ever seen squaddies in Greg's. I've seen them in Costco down at Farnborough. But I've never seen them in Greg's, but I'm sure they must be. I'm sure they're as human as the rest of it. But it doesn't matter if they eat all that stuff because they're getting a workout every day. And as a result of that, they, they can still be very fit. Uh, the teacher. Oh, dear. There's always one, isn't there? This one faked terminal cancer to scam 19,000 people off family and friends. It's not nice, is it, really? Uh, also, take that. The whole tour is practically sold out. They've just got one or two dates to sell out. Special guest is Rick Astley, who's also touring... In his own show, never going to give you up. And Matt Goss has decided to bring out a range of his own champagne. Do Lally World. I mean, really. I mean, bring out his own champagne. How does that work? Has he got a vineyard or something? And would you spend £50,000 on a doll's house? There are, there are collectors. I don't know if they have a special name for collecting, but I've always been really interested in... Not necessarily... <laughs> makes it sound odd, doesn't it? I've really been interested in doll's houses because I think the actual miniaturisation... I've seen... Was it Queen Victoria's or Queen Anne's doll's house at Windsor Castle? And that's a mega thing. And that's got beautiful furniture carved by Chippendale. I mean, really, the oil paintings are all miniature masters. Very clever. But uh, this, this one here uh, is £50,000 and it looks worth every penny. Worth every... But they're not to be played with. They are, they're sort of tableaus. They're beautiful. I think they're wonderful. Uh, Ollie Murs, I mean, if in doubt, if he can't get any publicity through talking about uh, his tour or a record that he might have out, I can now tell you that he's looking for a girlfriend. Uh, I always thought, actually, he lives with a bloke who shares the house with him. Nothing like that. It's just, you know, two blokes who happen to share a house down in Essex. And they say the last person he, he went out with was Melanie Sykes. And we, of course, all know differently, don't we? Because we told you about that some time ago. Uh, The Euro Millions winner, not the latest one, has been on holiday uh, with a glamorous single mother. Although the producer seems to think moth would be the the better description. Uh, Plus, what was the other one? We've got, oh yes, Charles and Meghan bonding through the fact they both come from dysfunctional families. Well, I mean, Charles' family couldn't be more dysfunctional if you you played it by the board. And... um, and I think Meghan's family are almost certainly dysfunctional because she doesn't speak to her father. He's admitted using cocaine. Mother's coming over for Christmas 
um, and they think that she will probably be invited to spend Christmas with the royal family. How much time, I don't know. They were they were sort of alluding a short while ago to the fact that Sarah Ferguson, who is, of course, as long as uh, Prince Philip remains alive, not welcome anywhere, really. They just uh, He just doesn't like her. She's obviously an excellent judge of character because nobody else seems to like her either. She's just got no, no class. She's just sort of jolly hockey sticks and a bit sort of naff. She's a bit like the Eccleston girls. Only without half as much money, because you need a bit of money nowadays. Um, what was the other one as well? Oh, Soup for Cats. Did you know there was such a... The producer had no idea. Soup for Cats. He said, Soup for Cats. I said, all cats eat soup. Oh, no, they don't. No, they don't. Seriously. Quite clearly, not a, not a cat lover. But uh, if you work out the cost of Soup for Cats, it's cheaper to feed them normal soup. Because you're paying an absolute fortune because it's for cats. But I'm quite sure if you just sort of took a normal chicken and vegetable, then you could um, you you could quite easily just sort of adapt that for your your cat and give them that to you. They're not going to. It doesn't make any difference whether they eat your food or whether they eat their own food. But if you want to buy their food, it's very very expensive, and you pay through the nose. Where in fact you can get exactly the same. It's quite tasty, I'm told. But then so it should be for the prices they were they were charging. Uh, the vintage motorbike we found today which is sold for £265,000. And uh, Freddie Flintoff, he's uh, got a new book out. I spoke to Freddie on Friday. We had a, we had a good chat, actually. He believes all sorts of things. He asks questions, so you can sort of learn a bit more about him. The Adams family, that's not the television Adams family. This is the uh, the crime Adams family. They, they, we'll have to make it sort of quite big. And the Collins family, there is a drug connection. The Collins family, that's the one who's got the son who threw the, uh, the acid in the nightclub. He's in prison uh, for hopefully the rest of his life. And his ex-girlfriend, with whom he has a child had no idea that the family business was was drugs. She had no idea. Poor old Fern McCann, honestly, sometimes wonder where your brain is, love. Perhaps in your shoes. And the eight children hurt on that inflatable slide. They're beginning to become a little bit of a nightmare, these... Uh, these uh, places, because you get the fun fairs, they set them all up, they've got rigorous standards, but unfortunately the inflatables seem to actually uh, get themselves into more, more trouble than anything else. And unfortunately, in this particular case, uh, the police sort of made a big incident about it because I think people were being thrown off the side of it. Because what it is, it's just it's a, a rubber or a plastic kind of inflatable. You can buy them in all sorts of sizes and dimensions and, uh, and uh, sort of themes, castles or just a slide. Kids love it. They climb up a thing and then they just sort of bounce down. But unfortunately, if you bounce at the wrong time, you could literally bounce somebody off the blooming thing. And I think that's what's uh, what's occurred here. It's not necessarily a funfair ride because it doesn't go anywhere. It's static, but they've had them blow away in the wind. We've had uh, we've had children die on them before. So I can't see it being, you know, too long before they start bringing in all sorts of uh, of, um, of reports to say that these things are actually quite dangerous. Because when a wind gets up, these things are very, very dangerous. Paul Hollywood's wife has opened up and uh, the vegan in the Waitrose row, which everybody sort of basically said, oh, go away, honestly, goodness sake, honestly, it was nothing, it was absolutely nothing, we're going to kill vegans, and somebody went, oh, I think that, that means that you're going to kill vegans, and there was one poor soul phoned up, do you remember, spoke to Tom Swarbrick, saying she thought that they were going to poison her food, God, I'm sure they've got better things to do, but anyway, this one celebrated the Spanish bull run deaths, well, I mean, I have to go with her on that one, because I've always said that that's the best place, and that is the, uh, and that's the thing that you have to do. You have to celebrate uh, the bull runs in Pamplona. It's just, uh, it's just ghastly. Absolutely ghastly. Uh, what else do we have? Oh, yes, still nobody's come forward for the Euro Millions. 70, 
six million, I think. What would you do with it? Um, well, you do get uh, you do get all the advice uh, from Camelot. They have a man there, and if you win big time, he will say, "Right, this is this is what you can sh- this is what what you can do. You can go through." Um, to the to Royal Bank of Scotland, Coots, we can open you an account there and we can give you advice on what to do with the money. The majority of people don't take the advice. They're so excited at winning the money. They just want to buy the house. They want to buy the car. They want to go on holiday. They want to tell their boss to basically do one and, and that's it. But for those who take the advice, you can make the money last forever. Absolutely. Even if you buy, you know, I mean, somebody winning £76 million, even if you buy a lovely house, even if you buy a lovely car, even if you give some some money to sort of friends and family and things like that, you're still going to end up with probably about £60 million left. And if you're if you're advanced in years, I mean, what would you do with £60 million? You can leave it as part of your will. But um, it's an interesting thing, isn't it? Some people, they go, oh, I, I couldn't possibly cope. I'm well well prepared for coping with with the money well prepared i know exactly what i do i'll buy the house i'll buy the car uh and just just carry on as normal you just got yourself a bigger house that's all it is really and so that's what people do but a lot of people don't want that advice they like the idea that they're they're sort of taking advice from someone and then they're basically going oh thanks thanks that's okay and and that's about as far as it goes, really. But the advice is there because they don't want you to lose it. You don't want to end up like poor Katie Price, do you? There's a walking disaster or a sitting down disaster. I mean, you really don't want to end up like that because she managed to get through all of her money because she didn't have any. Not not forty three million pounds. She never did. But shoddy journalism rules. Okay. Uh, plus, I must tell you a bit later on about this this dentist. This bloke's had so much done in his mouth. You can't, you can't possibly... This man must be a megalomaniac, the, the dentist. You can't believe it. Susanna Reid's got a new boyfriend. Uh, the papers are trying to make a big deal about the fact she's got... But I'm more interested in David Beckham ditching Simon Fuller after 23 years. Simon Fuller, who is like... I mean, he's just one of those super-duper agents. He's Listen, he's, he's managed to get Beckham, for all his talentless goings-on, in the paper on a daily basis. And Beckham has now, obviously, he's become you know, a bit mean because he's having to shell out to look after the wife's company. 4000 a day she's losing, poor soul, mainly because, you know, there's hardly anybody wearing the stuff. I mean, I don't know anybody who's shopping in the shop. People go in out of a look, don't they? They say, go and have a quick look at Victoria Beckham and see what see what sort of clothes she's sort of come up with. Because I just don't see her sitting down doing sketches and stuff like that. I see her as, more as a, a sort of um, a Jordan-type character where somebody does all the work for her and then she just puts a name to it. It's happened before, actually, with uh, with designers and, uh, and artists and things like that. But uh, in her particular case, I think she's still... With fully, she's got a couple of other people as well, and uh, he's—I mean—he thinks he can go alone. I can't believe the story. I mean, it's—it's it's so fantastic that it's basically Simon Fuller who has masterminded everything. You know, Beckham doesn't exactly have that much talent. He kicked a ball, ball around. He can advertise pants. He can do whiskey, and that's about it. And then you sort of think because actually there was a thing the other day in the page. Did you notice how if she gets an award? They have to kind of invent something for him. And she's had a, an award invented. It hasn't actually passed on to her yet. And it's some design award from a company nobody's ever heard of. I mean, I was asking people, they'd never heard of it. And now it turns out that David Beckham could be given an award from, from America. You think, for what? He hasn't done anything in America. He's just stood there with his funny new hairstyle, which we still don't know what it is. We can't, we can't work it out at all. We really cannot work it out. It's, it's either a stenciling. I don't think... I'm pretty certain I don't think that it's it's actually 
a hair transplant because it wouldn't have grown that much in that time and you would see the evidence of it. So we, we think it's a, a tattoo. Or failing that, he's just got a can of sort of spray paint and just gone... Over it. it looks peculiar, whatever it is. It looks peculiar. So we take all your texts and emails. 84850stevenlbc.co.uk. Time now, quarter past five. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Uh, Carl says 50 grand for a doll's house. No big deal. I paid 450,000 for a two-bed new build in Thurrock. Wow. It's, it, actually, it's really expensive now, isn't it? Have you noticed? There's no such thing as cheap. Although... Somebody pointed out to me the other week, which was quite clever, that after I'd sort of been uh, quite excited about the fact that Channel 4 are moving, they're moving to Leeds. They've been told by the government they need to move to Leeds, so they're all upping sticks now, whether or not everybody moves with them. But the one good news is that if you work for Channel 4 in their building and you live in London, because presumably most of you would, uh, would actually have to, by the time you get to Leeds, you can buy Leeds for the price of a house down in Essex. It's so expensive down here and so cheap up north. Somebody said, you wait till people get up to Leeds and they suddenly realise how much you get for your money. And we see it all the time, don't we? On the television programmes where they go, a move to the country. And I play the game. I play the game trying to work out how much the houses really are. And and they go, I think this is at the top end of our budget. And I'm looking at places which have got, you know, extensive gardens and paddocks and all the rest. And they go, I think it's probably 460. And I'm going... 460,000? Good Lord, that's not even a two-bedroom flat round my way. It's so ridiculous. I mean, years ago it was cheap, but now it's it's crept up quite badly, quite badly. Steve, my cat Andy only eats cat's soup, and yes, it is very expensive. Why, why not give it just normal soup, then? Why not give it normal soup? That'd be easy. You know, I think so. Uh, went down to Essex yesterday, had a lovely uh, lunch in the Fox and Goose. They do do a good, a good meal in there. Whereas, in fact, I was a bit disappointed. We go a lot, Paul and I, out to uh, Not Cuts on the Staines Road, uh, mainly because they opened up a cafeteria. They spent a lot of money extending it, and it's very busy, and it does really well. And so we went there, and about uh, six months ago, uh, we started having fish and chips. It's ten ninety five for fish and chips. And, and you used to get a nice big piece of fish, in, you know, in, in, the, in the chip shop batter and all the rest of it. Well, recently they've obviously decided that they're going to keep the same prices but basically take the mickey out of you by cutting the fish in half. It, it's now, it's a, it's a small piece of fish. It's not, it's not big. I like... Is it what? Butter fried? Butter No, I don't think so. It's a fish. It's a fish. It's not Dover sole. Just a piece of haddock or something. I think it must come in frozen and then and they batter it. But it's, it's like... What's that? About eight inches? It's about, you think that's 10? Well, whatever it is, the fish before was like 12. It was much bigger, and now it's much smaller. So it's, it's just taking the mickey, isn't it? I don't like things like that. Whereas my bit of fish the other day, I had big haddock for £14.25, and that was, that was big. That was, well, fish and chip for working... You're joking, the working classes can't afford to eat fish and chips. No, no, the working classes have spadulike. And uh, and then they also have pizza. They have pizza because they think they're eating Italian. And if they're really pushing the boat out, party barrel of of sir. That's what they have. They that's what that's what the working class. You can't have the working class with fish and chips. They can't afford it. It's like if you were having fish and chips for four, you're looking at forty or fifty quid. You can go and catch the bloody thing yourself and bring it back in. But I had a thing the other day. I went out to uh, to the car. You know, you have to if you're going to drive it. And I pushed the button on the boot, to open the boot, and 
and it clicked open, but it didn't have the strength to lift itself up. Anyway, cut long story short. Uh, then I, I, I had a problem. So I've got two keys for the car. One is, I mean, I don't have to have them put into the car. They've just got to be on me or one of them has to be on me. And uh, and I sort of and, and it said low battery in key fob. Well, I looked at this key fob. I have no idea. How do you open it? What battery does it take? It turns out it's a three volt and it's a CR802 or whatever it is, and which, I, which I have. But I didn't know. So on Saturday morning, I had to go to the garage and the boys there worked out how to open the key fob. And it involves inserting a, like a little flat screwdriver and then it separates. Then you take out the battery, put the new one in. Because unless you've actually got that... And of course, now the car is confused because it goes... I can detect two key fobs. It's, you can have up to four or something, and it detects two. So I keep trying to hide it, hold it behind my back so it can't see. And that's worked quite well up until now, but it's such a pain. It really, it really it's stupid, absolutely stupid. Uh, Steve, Fuller should be happy. Uh, Beckham's star is on the wane. Beckham run out of ideas to keep in the public eye, but it's not promoting uh, watches, whiskey, etc. The turning point being the driving charges. He managed... Uh, Mr. Loophole out of. That was a major PR disaster. I think it was a disaster. I agree with you. Everybody agrees that it was a PR disaster because he came over the little meanie, a little meanie. He knew he was speeding, but there was a loophole in the fact that it took time. It wasn't even his car. It was it was given to him by Bentley to go and drive it. So, of course, him being... I mean, he's about the most boring person you'll ever, you'll ever meet. He's so dull, but, he, but he, he's got the looks. But he's ageing. I mean, he's... St- I mean... He's quite badly ageing. When you consider he's not he's not 60 yet, is he, or anything like that? You know, I think if you get to 60, you know, you hang on to your looks and all the rest of it. So I, I think Simon Fuller's probably better off without him, because obviously his, his ego has got, got control of him. And, of course, ever since he never got the knighthood, and that, um, the one he actually petitioned for, and after the bad language that he was using when he didn't actually get it. it all, oh, loads of bad language. Oh, yes. Oh, David Beckham uses words like, and 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 sometimes you can't you can't repeat any of them because they're a bit they're a bit too because we all go oh David Beckham a simpleton but quite sweet you know used used to kick a football around but now just sort of fannies around with Brooklyn and they sort of go off and do bonding things and then so everything that Prince Harry did when he was touring Australia Davy Boy Beckham did as well walking up the Sydney Arbour Bridge doing a bit of abset all the usual sort of thing we're all going oh grow up. Grow up, but the bad publicity was over the driving thing, wasn't it? I mean, that that really wasn't not very helpful. He should have just paid up and done it, but yeah, exactly. If he was speeding and he was speeding, it wasn't huge speeding. You know, it wasn't sort of like mega speeding. But it doesn't matter. It's still speeding, and there are two rules in this country. There's obviously rules for people like him, and then there's the, the rest of us peasants. We just get done. I mean, I I could have been done going down the motorway because every so often I look down, and you only got to touch my accelerator, and the thing purrs away it's around like that and uh and it was it was lovely i mind you i couldn't turn the handbrake off either yesterday that kept flashing up how do you turn the handbrake off and then i discovered so every day it's a bit of a revelation every day is a revelation of things that i discover i can do so today because i've got two key fobs i'm going to try and insert a battery myself stevie two fobs i tell you ooh. Just call me Mary. And uh, and let's see whether we can get the blooming things done. But apart from that, Sunday morning, 26 minutes past. It's not cold. I actually didn't make a hot water bottle up last night. I didn't make a hot water bottle up. We had rugby. They were all fairly, fairly good-natured. 
you know, the rugby, they are like that. You know, the rugby people, I, I think, uh, you know, they just paint, paint their faces up and it's, it's very much a girly kind of thing as well. You get sort of, you know, OK, you and they all go there. I've got little, you know, union flags on their faces and stuff like that. So I'm, I'm quite pleased. I've never been, never been at all. But I just want to uh, sort of go one day. One of these days, somebody will take my friend Michael is going next Saturday, which I think is the 10th. And uh, this year, um, no, no fireworks, but happily enjoying everybody else's. So if you're having fireworks tonight, just remember, be careful, be very careful. If a firework goes out and it hasn't actually taken off, then don't touch it. Don't go down there. You don't go, oh, just in case all of a sudden a thing bursts into life. You know, like we had our ones a few years ago, which burst into life so badly that we practically thought it was we were, the Somme. We had earth and everything else coming down and these beautiful coconuts which you dropped into the tube. They, they're supposed to go like a few hundred feet into the air. These are the big display ones which Standard Fireworks gave me. So I had uh, a really a bunch of coconuts. And, um, and unfortunately, the tube they were in had earth in the bottom of it. So when the thing goes, it, it sent all the earth up with it at the same time. So it was almost like it was raining bulbs and stuff like that as the, uh, as the poor little coconut didn't achieve any more than 20 feet and then decided to explode. And, of course, it, it is a coconut wrapped in brown paper. And when this thing blows... I mean, they look sensational when they're way up in the sky, when they're down low. I mean, we were running for cover. It was like a scene from Mary Poppins, you know, up on the rooftops. These blooming fireworks going off left, right and centre. But, uh, but there you go. So if you are going to a display, I believe that my goddaughter went to a display yesterday. And, uh, and a few other people went. I think her older sister went. Look at that. There's a smell, isn't there, that goes with fireworks. It's called gunpowder. They're so pretty. I love them. I love all these. Uh, these are chrysanthemum bursts, all these ones. And, these, uh, and they just... I, I, could, I could watch fireworks forever. I really could. We went to uh, my goddaughter's school, uh, the little one she had. And uh, they had the best firework display I've ever seen in Essex. I mean, it's seriously, I think we had to pay a fiver or something. But uh, nowadays, between a fiver and ten quid per person to go in. Uh, and, then I, um, and then I discovered the other day that Peter Young had died. Peter Young was, uh, was uh, a DJ on our sister station, Capital. He was one of the, uh, one of the original team, uh, the rocking rabbi, they called him. He was very good friends with Dale. And we saw Peter on a, on a few occasions. And so I don't know uh, what he died of. I don't even know how old he was. It's just that from a station he was working at, they, they announced that he'd, uh, he died. And because he was one of the original... So we lost Roger Scott. We've not lost uh, Mike Allen. And uh, is it diabetes? Oh, really? Oh, well, he'd know. Philip Criscos knows these. So it was diabetes. Oh, God. That's what they said in the paper the other day, didn't they? They said 500 diabetics die every week. I don't know. I feel all right, actually. I'm going for a walk later on this morning. That might uh, might help. Uh, so so that's what it is, actually. So it was diabetes. And uh, I don't know what the arrangements for the funeral are. I really don't. And do you know what happened to Dale's CD and record collection? No idea. No idea. I'm assuming everything, Mark and the family. Nobody else would want Dale's record collection. I think he had almost a duplicate uh, connection uh, collection in, in America and over here as well. But uh, he loved his music. He loved his music, so he'd have had uh, CDs. I don't know what you do with them. I really don't know. They actually played a few at the funeral, but, uh, you know, there's a load of them. Right, uh, quick break, shall we? It's uh, LBC News time, 5.30. The headlines this morning with Philip Krisikos. You're listening to a podcast from LBC.
Morning, everybody. We can't find Peter Young's age anywhere. I wonder whether he was one of those radio presenters who... There'll be loads of articles, but you never get to know his real age. Whereas I've been always quite uh, quite honest about my age. Late 40s, early 70s. You know, it's the kind of thing, you know, it's, it's sort of a bit... Because I, I worked on the assumption... I thought he must have been, actually, probably around... Between 60 and 70, I would think. He was around when I was around in the early days, so uh, that was it. But I, he, he used to work, I think, at UBN. Although, before my time, I didn't come in till a little bit later on on UBN. But uh, still, we had a load of... So, Roger Scott was with us down there. So, because we lost Roger Scott, then Mike Allen uh, passed on, and now Peter Young as well. Known as the Rocking Rabbi, because he was Jewish. And it was, it was in those days, you know, where everybody used to have a tag... They used to have a tag, you know, so, you know, David Kidd Jensen and things like that. And Dave the Hairy Cornflake. And, all, you know, everybody had... I never had anything at all. I never had anything like that. We couldn't... There was just Steve Allen. And you go, oh, right. You go, could I have a moniker that goes with it? Steve Cutesy Boy Allen or something like that? No, nothing at all. So, and I think it only worked for people on music radio stations. Because Dale didn't have anything either. Although he was David Jonathan... Winton, Dale Jonathan Winton. So, of course, he was DJ Winton. What else could he have been? Hardly a cake maker. Uh, somebody says, wrap the key fob in, in tin foil. That, oh, you know, I thought about that this morning. I thought about that this morning. And strange enough, I don't have any uh, tin foil around me at the moment. I should really have some. I should, I should go and get some today. Because you're right, that might stop it doing it. But I'm going to change the battery in the other one as well. Because having not had the uh, the batteries done for, for since I've had the car, bit of a pain. Uh, Steve, uh, what I can't understand about Davy Boy, years ago he used to shave his head, now he's losing his hair, he's trying to keep it. Yeah, I don't understand that either. Perhaps it's because all of a sudden people are going, where's your hair going, Dave? So, of course, when he had it done, it was hilarious. But we don't know what it is. We don't know what it is. <laughs> uh, another one here. Uh, Peter Young was 68, says Terry. 68. Somebody said, because it was diabetes, Phil, Phil in the newsroom told us it was diabetes. And that sort of reinforced what, uh, what everybody was saying last week, that 500 diabetics die every week. <laughs> it's a cheery thought, isn't it? It's a cheery thought. I have to get myself off diabetes. But uh, I feel all right, actually, at the moment. Fatal thing to say. I'm going to sneeze. <coughs> Thank you. <coughs> and another one. There you go. One a wish, two a kiss. Whoopee! Look out, world. Uh, Steve, um, you just made me laugh at 0525. Uh, Beckham's fannying around. It's, it's, an, it's an Americanism. It's an Americanism, fannying around. So, uh, I don't know. Uh, you and yours pointed out that, uh, that a sweetener sometimes in cupcakes poisons cats. Not me. Not me. I've never mentioned cupcakes at all in relation to cats. I wouldn't feed cupcakes to cats. But uh, you think human soup might have the same chemical in it? No, I've got no idea. No idea. I don't know. But I'm, listen, I'm assuming if, if you give soup to dogs, there wouldn't be anything that would, that would harm them. I don't think so. Not that I can think of off the top of my head. And uh, one here, Matt Stadlin's now. It's, uh, he, he's come back. This is like being stalked. He said, he said, I've told you before, Steve, we should go to the rugby together. I'm not playing rugby with you. So I know what you like. You'll be trying to tackle me, get me down, and we'll have to go and sit in the bath together and all the rest of it and talk about things and, um, you know. Well, that'll be interesting. I'll try that one, shall we? <laughs> I'm looking at pictures on the telly of snow. Not in this country. Yeah, it's gone. It was very quick. You were looking down at the moment, uh, at that time. And, and I looked at it and I thought, isn't that lovely? And then I thought, no. That absolutely is not lovely at all. I do not want... I do love a white Christmas. I've only ever had one. I think one or two... And and I remember thinking it does. It takes me back 
to when I was young because you don't see white Christmases very often. Uh, and yet that's the thing I like. You know, when you look out the window as a kid and you go, it's snowing! And you get really all excited and your voice goes up about three octaves and your mum goes, yeah, all right. You know, you go, it's, can we go outside in it? And you stand outside in it trying to do an impression of a windmill. It's lovely, isn't it, really? And then you get all wistful and think... No, it's not Christmas. Can't, can't play it. So we can only have a white. That's as far as it goes on this programme. But it's something about it, isn't it? When, when you're, because you're on, you're always at Christmas. If it snowed, you were on holiday. So you didn't need to, nowadays you go, uh, I'm not on holiday, so I've got to get up for work in the morning. And you wake up, and we've had terrible snow in, in Twickenham over the years. We've had some really bad snow. And uh, we've had to have the courage. So I bought two snow shovels. They were going for a pound uh, each. They're big snow shovels. A pair of shears as well. I bought three pairs of shears. Pound each. They were closing home base, turning it into that Australian thing. Now it's gone back to home base again. So, Mets. No, I didn't get. No, no, I wouldn't buy shears from Poundland. No, I wouldn't have thought they'd be that strong. To be honest with you, you know, you get what you pay for. So I, I was quite happy, but I, I don't mind seeing a bit of snow. I don't mind seeing a bit of snow. I'm, I'm quite into it because it just reminds you when you're little and you go in and when everything's white outside, you know, when you wake up, you look out the window. And it's like the snowman. It's exactly like the snowman where you've got the... We didn't have a snowman. I couldn't be bothered to roll balls that size, to be honest with you. And, uh, and, it, and, and the snowman was there. And then and I used to think, it looks so pretty. Everything's white. It's the only time your garden looks as good as everybody else's. Because the rest of the time you go, oh, they've got a really nice garden. Oh, it's snowed. Now we look as good. And it's, and it's all just there. And then in the middle, the cat has walked all the way down the middle of the garden and sort of left little paw prints everywhere. But it's so pretty. I, I love it. I mean, I feel very envious of any country that has it. But of course, I should imagine, if, if you have it all the time, you're not going to get that excited, are you? I get excited over things that are probably, I shouldn't probably get excited over. Snow at my age is just ridiculous. But I think it's great. I think it's great. I've always loved that, that time of year. Because that's what, you, that's what you think of. That's what you think of. It's, um, it's strange, isn't it? So we were, we were thinking, I think there might be... Um, a little chat between me and somebody else coming up, hopefully before uh, before Christmas, which I think will uh, kind of just settle the settle the ground. I think eight four eight five zero Steve LBC dot co dot uk. Another one here. A lot of people talking about you know David Beckham sort of cutting his hair very short, and then all of a sudden now he's sort of. He isn't cutting his hair short. And, uh, uh, the Swan Fish and Ship Shop in Southport is fantastic, Steve. Southport is so much better than Blackpool. Anything's got to be better than Blackpool. <laughs> Jimmy, I mean, I'm not anti-Blackpool. It's just that I wouldn't want to go there ever again. I mean, it really is. We, I told you we stayed in a boutique hotel just outside Blackpool, which only had three bedrooms run by a lady called... I can't remember. But uh, it was lovely. And so it's a boutique hotel. So it's a nice house where you're basically staying somewhere. She did a lo- lovely cooked breakfast, and uh, I enjoyed it. Lovely. And uh, Steve, Peter Young was born in 51. So four, there you go. So now I'm going to go to uh, to the uh, the rugby with Matt Stadlin. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> He'd be going, uh, do you want a beer, Steve? I think not. I think not. Uh, Steve, I-, I named my son Dale, and when it was his 10th birthday, I bought Dale's Disco Divas. You would. He said, uh, unfortunately, he didn't know much of the music, so he gave it back to me, and I've now got it in my CD collection, says Kevin. Yeah, I mean, I, I've, got, I've got a game. They brought out a supermarket sweep game 
as well. So there you go. Uh, my niece works in a branch of Greg's and apparent... What? What's the matter? And they've launched a popular new range of sausage rolls in time for Remembrance Day in honour of the military and aimed at the unfit British squaddy, says Larry. What, do, well, what sort of sausage roll is it? Has it not got any meat in it or something? You can't beat a sausage roll. You really can't. I mean, the, my friend Ian over in America, he'd kill for a sausage roll. Kill for a sausage roll. Uh, yes, Peter Young, yes, it was diabetes that he uh, he died of. His knowledge of soul music was simply superb. During his capital days, he investigated the legendary Soul Cellar and then ported it to Jazz FM. He presented an excellent music programme on Saturday afternoons. Sadly missed. Yeah, so only... See, 68, I don't see as anything nowadays. I really don't. I really don't. But it depends how, how you're managing your... Uh, diabetes, doesn't it? And if if it was diabetes, awful. Uh, Steve, I really enjoyed in conversation with Sally Field, but disappointed and upset because I want to know how she felt when she heard of the news of the death of Robin Williams. I can imagine everybody who worked with him was shocked when they heard the news. Actually, I don't think they were, strangely enough, Connie. I don't think they were because he had a... You didn't see the side of him that they probably saw, the uh, depression and the fact that he was never satisfied with anything that he did. Uh, also, her her life is so much, so much more. And it was it was a very I thought it was a very telling interview, very telling interview, very very nice interview. I think you learnt a lot more um, about Sally Field. She's going to come back in again in the in the new year. Stephen Madger says, as you could pop your fob under your tinfoil hat to confuse the car as well as the rest of us. I mean, I'd want to leave it at home. I don't know why I brought it out with me, so I've now got two blooming key fobs with me. But you're right, I think it's I think it's something to do with wrapping it in tin foil. The producer hasn't got any either. Typically useless, honestly. You say to him, sorry, did you bring your tin foil with you this morning? And I just get a blank look, like, no. And you think, well, you should have done, shouldn't you? You never know, you know, like a good boy scout, always be prepared. Always have it with you so that, you know, if I say, do you have a needle in cotton and maybe something we can bind a wound with... Then he then sort of goes, actually, I've got my first aid kit, Steve. And so sort of Nurse Gladys Aylwood hails into view and we can all sort things out. Apart from that, though, it doesn't matter. I will tell you about the uh, the man's 30 years of agony with a bungling dentist and a gender change soldier uh, in the papers today, uh, because we have a few. Apparently he was going on front. Now he's settled down with a woman. But I don't know whether he's still a woman. It gets gets slightly confusing, as you can imagine. Uh, and Kim Kardashian has a Louis Vuitton trunk of sex toys. Apparently, a, a friend of hers said. I mean, it's, I mean, I couldn't even imagine. I don't know how big Louis Vuitton trunks are. Are they huge? Are they enormous? You've lost the phone, haven't you? You don't know where the phone is. There you go. But I had no idea. And somebody's obviously sold a story. Whether it's true, you never know. Whether it's true, you never know. You just have to read this sort of stuff. Uh, in the in the newspapers, quarter to six is uh, the time. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. So we've got that situation again. The producer will not eat anything that he thinks is to do with Christmas. If it's to do with Christmas, it's too early. So, for example, a mince pie, out of the question. Out of the question. Strawberries, out of season. You know, anything. I mean, if I produce a little drummer boy. And sort of eight maids are milking and all the rest of it. He'd be equally anti it. And I've discovered there's a few people like that round here. Because they associate it with Christmas, they think it's too early to do it. Whereas I think Christmas goes by so fast. You know, you have the beautiful lead up and the presents and wrapping. And Well, I don't do that anymore. Um, I get other people to do it. It's so much easier. And then all of a sudden it's finished. 
And then we're into the January sales, which we've already had prior to Christmas. So now we've got bonfire night, which which now seems to last about a week. At one point, it was just one night, and it all lit up. Last night, all we got was bang, like that kind of stuff. And now we're going to get it tonight, and you're going to get it tomorrow as well. And you're going to get it tomorrow as well. Dangerous, isn't it, really? Well, it is, but I, st- I still do like fireworks. I'm sorry to say. I know people can write to me and say, well, of course, you know, it's, uh, it's actually quite, uh, quite bad. Uh, how about the tag Steve to Fobbs Allen? Yeah, I think I'm going to wrap the car in foil. And so there'll be nothing that sort of, uh, nothing that actually gets through it, which would be quite good, actually. But apparently, Steve, 500 diabetics a week is nothing compared to the thousands of non-diabetics who die every week. Well, I think you can include them in that as well. I mean, but then you see diabetics are dying at an early age because of diet and uh, people not checking themselves. It's, it's, it's quite laborious, but you have to kind of do it. I mean, some nights I do not take my insulin. I'm supposed to. And on those nights, I don't get a great night's sleep. But then the moment I go back onto it again, I'm absolutely fine. And it's just so I now have to carry it with me everywhere just in case. But I'm, I'm very good with it. I mean, I, I do try and watch food. Uh, you know, I've cut back on the drink. Friday night, I have to be honest, I did let myself down a bit because Lynn had come back from holiday. So we met in the pub over the road. And then Paul joined us because I'd left my fountain in the car. And, um, and so we had a couple of bottles of Prosecco between three of us. And it was lovely. It was lovely. But then I've not had any since then. So I've decided maybe I can just do one day a week and then, and then leave it. Because otherwise, you know, if you want to drink every day of the week, and not only does it become incredibly expensive, but it's also not very, not very healthy. But as I said, everybody would sort of say, you're really not drunk? I said, no. I said, I've just kind of lost the taste. I can get it back for a bit of Prosecco because there's not much to it apart from bubbles. How many bubbles are there in a bottle of champagne? Go on. You're on it. 49 million bubbles are in a bottle of champagne. 40... Well, I don't know. I'm just telling you how many bubbles are in it. Don't argue with the experts. It was on QI. They did it. It's 49 million bubbles. <laughs> I mean, how they count them. I think what they do is they take a photograph and they can see how many are in an inch. And then they multiply. I mean, there must be some formula, mustn't there? Don't you think so? I think so. Uh, also, the other thing to do with fireworks. Are you buying individual fireworks or are you buying what they call a selection box? I quite like a selection box because you've got little Mount Vesuviuses. They've all been the same for years. The same for years and years and years. And they've got such great names. And also the paper around it looked really old-fashioned. I quite like that. But nowadays people buy these repeat shot fireworks. So you spend 60 quid on what looks like a small suitcase. You light one end of it and then 160 shots later it's sent into the air. Have you ever had one? A 160-shot repeater. You can get 500-shot repeaters. And it goes. you can go inside, decorate, go to the toilet, come back, still still banging away quite happily in the garden. But it, it does take the danger out of it, as long as you're well away from it. And it just literally fires them all up into the air. And, uh, and they're really good. Really good. So you have your own mini firework display without having to stand there going, who's got the Mount Vesuvius? Anybody got the Roman candle? Why it's called the Roman candle? I've got no idea. Didn't bear any resemblance to anything the Romans ever ever did. Front page of the uh, the mirror this morning. Front page of the mirror this morning. What's that a picture of? Oh look, this picture of Graham Norton says I could never like somebody who didn't love dogs. See, he's never going to find a boyfriend. We know he's found a boyfriend at the moment, but uh, I wonder whether we're going to see pictures pictures of him. But uh, he said, but you have to if, if you're a doggy lover or a pussycat lover and you go out with somebody, they have to like your animals. 
Otherwise, there'd be no point, would there? You've got to, you know, you go, oh, by the way, I've got to, I, I want some little zebra finches at home. Little, they're little tiny ones. They're £22 each. They've, they've got some at Not Cuts. And, and I looked at them and I thought, oh, they'd be nice. And then you think, but you can't go on holiday. Who's, who's going to feed the little things and put, change their water and change their, their bits and pieces? But they're so cute. They're so. And then I thought, oh, I don't know, could I keep a bird in a cage? I don't know. Uh, so, Martin Lewis offering advice in the Sunday Mirror on how to escape from your overdraft. Do you know, I've had an overdraft for the past 30 years. £6,000 overdraft. And it was set up years and years ago, and I've never used it. You know why? Too frightened. Too frightened to use it, because you, because you think whatever you have, you've got to pay back. And I'm, it's the paying back thing. It's like having a car on, on a finance. I would never have a car on a finance. I've done it a few times in my life, and each time you're tied up for what seems like years. So I thought, no, I'm going to save up and, uh, and, and do it that way. And that's exactly what I've done. Different from leasing. I know people who, who lease, because that seems to work out could, uh, f- uh, quite well. And in fact, the uh, father of my godchildren, Chris, he said, because they, they've just changed all the company cars, and one of them is a self-parker. He said, you want to see it? He said, it just parks itself. He said it measures the distance between the, the two cars that are there, and, then t- and the wheels turn completely, and then it just slides in. Isn't that fantastic? I call that having a chauffeur. You know, so you don't actually need to. You get out the car, the chauffeur parks the car. Much easier. I'm, I'm, I quite fancy the idea of somebody being able to park the car. That would be very good, wouldn't it? The Bentley doesn't do that, no. No. I don't, I don't think any of them do that. I mean, there are other cars, but I don't think Bentleys make self-parking cars. In fact, I don't have half the stuff in my car that other people, lesser people, uh, have in their cars. You know, it's obviously a substitute for them. Fury over grieving victim is the headline on the Mirror this morning. And it's a support worker helped us, sent to help Grenfell Tower fire families has quit after an affair with one of the mourners. One of the mourners. All right. A woman who lost friends in the inferno is said to have fallen pregnant. Oh, my God. The worker, hired by Tory-run Kensington and Chelsea Council, um, Labour MP Emma Dent Code, said, I'm horrified. I'm fairly horrified myself. Fairly horrified. But you can't explain why... Why people fall for each other, can you? You don't, you don't know why people fall for each other. It's just the way it goes. Lots of pictures of uh, penguins. I think penguins bond for life. How dull. Uh, mind you, you know, it's good for them because they all look the same anyway, so it doesn't actually make any, any difference, does it? Uh, last time I went, says Maxwell, for a checkup from the neck up, the dentist told me my teeth were fine, but the gums would have to come out. Quite a nice one, actually. I quite like that. That's quite quite clever. Actually, it's very difficult. A friend of mine has got you know problem with teeth. They're on a plate, and she's got to have the whole thing, you know, re sort of designed again. Uh, Jason says, "Did you see the pictures of Katie Price's living room? Old food and rubbish splattered all over it. Right, you can buy it for five hundred k. Well, she's offered a thousand quid, hasn't she, to pay off her debts? Going to take her twelve years. I think that's called taking the Michael. You know, get my drift." I think so. Uh, six years... Uh, no, sorry, years ago, most people referred to sausage rolls as dog rolls. Dog rolls? No, they didn't. I mean, they, they used to be called hot dogs, but a hot dog is different from a sausage roll. Completely. I've never heard of dog rolls before. That's a, that's a new one. The producer's never heard of that either. But there again, he hasn't heard of loads of things. So it's no surprise he hasn't heard of dog rolls. Have you, does it say dog rolls? I do hope not. I'd hate to be proven wrong. Here we go. 
Oh, no, these are dog treats. These are, these are little meaty rolls with marabone in. They're not for us. They're for dogs. They, 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 they sort of take this thing and then they insert this. Looks like disgusting. Looks horrible. Pedigree Marquis meaty roll marabone dog treats. Ugh, ugh, ugh. How horrid. But uh, no, I mean, but they do call them hot dogs in America. And I don't know why they call them hot dogs. It doesn't bear any resemblance to a hot dog, does it? Or a dog at all. And, uh, and they're fairly... I just wish prefer that if they were going to do a sausage roll here, can't they put an actual sausage in it? As opposed to this munched up meat stuff, this sort of substitute that goes into it. You know, I mean, I, I, I like the idea of having a sausage in a, in a, in a wraparound flaky pastry thing. <laughs> Actually, that sounds very appealing at this precise moment. It's not very healthy, I, I realise. Uh, Steve, you say you watch what you eat. My girlfriend's the same. She's on a seafood diet. She sees food and eats it. Poor soul, honestly. I know. That's the trouble, isn't it? That's the trouble. You mentioned escape to the country, says Tony in Bristol. Ever notice when they interview the couple and the wife says proudly how dedicated the hubby is to searching for property late night on the internet? She's obviously noticed his mastery of the Thai language has improved or they're getting lots of club card points on tissues. Thank you. I love it when, when they go there, and you know damn well that they're not, they're not going to buy the house. Oh, this is our favourite house. This is the most wonderful. And they're not going to buy it. You're just on there. It's believed the very first hot dog, once called Daxon Sausages, was sold by a German immigrant out of a food cart in New York in the 1860s. About 1870, a German immigrant by the name of Charles Feltman opened the first hot dog stand on Coney Island. He sold over 3,600 frankfurters in a bun that year. Oh, how nice. How clever. How clever. I, I fancy a hot dog now, actually. Or I, I fancy one of those nice vours that's got the cheese inside of it and dip it in senf, which is a, like a sweet, sweet mustard. 84850, steve at uk. Uh, wishing me a happy Sunday is Julie, who's had her winter tyres put on in Germany. Yes, uh, I didn't drive in Austria, but they have to have winter tyres there. They're like chains that clip on over it. If you don't have them, can invalidate your insurance. They're not going to uh, not going to be messing out about any time with that. I'm Steve Allen. This is Early Breakfast. We've got the news at six o'clock this morning on LBC, which is with you in a matter of seconds. And I'll see you in three. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. I'm not sure whether I believe it or not. William and Harry said their father took them out picking up litter. When was that? When was that? We went out picking up litter. We were on litter patrol. I mean, honestly, does that make them more sort of more like us or not like us? Apparently, you know, because that's what he he sort of stands for. Do you you think perhaps we could get Charles to work for Westminster Council? If he really is into picking up litter, I mean, he's going to make the Wombles look a bit redundant, isn't he? He can get out there and pick up litter. They do that every so often. People go out there, don't they, in litter patrol and start... I think McDonald's used to have it. I don't think they bother at the moment. They sort of used to go out there and they used to have a... a imagine going out in a, in, a, in a jacket with litter patrol written on the back of it. How dreadful was that? Uh, 84850, steve at uh, My car dilemma, says Steve in Manchesterford, is due to being short-sighted. I can't see far enough to read the registration plate at the required distance, even with glasses. Oh... He says, how about the prescription window screen? <laughs> Brilliant idea. Actually, my, the funny thing is, my, my long distance is fantastic now. Fantastic. I mean, I can read all sorts of things. And short, short distance, I can, I can read as well. I can read as well. Years ago, three years ago, says Chris in Oban, I bought a car for 48 grand. 
It's now only worth 22 grand. The monthly repayments only just keep up with the depreciation. See, that's it. I never... Uh, I think I've had three, three or four cars on finance. And each time, I swore blind I was never going to have it. Then I came into some money. Not a huge amount of money, but uh, I came into some uh, some money. And so I thought, right, I'm going to buy a car outright. So I bought a car outright uh, for 20000 trading in my car as well. So I got, I got some discount on it. And I've done the same ever since. I thought, if I want to change the car, I'll save up for it. Because otherwise, I'm, I'm just too mean to start paying the interest rates that they're, they're all looking for. And, and people are always trying to sell you. Oh, you can have this car today. And it's only going to cost you £300 a month. And I go, no, I prefer to save up and buy it. So that's what I do. I buy them. Uh, dog rolls were indeed rolls with sausages in, uh, says, uh, says Nick, builder's terminology. He said, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, a hot dog. And I don't know why, I suppose because it looks like a dachshund. But it's great. Ian says, the only thing that bangs in our back garden at this time of year is the wicker gate in the wind. <coughs> <coughs> It's almost sort of a bit, bit scary, isn't it? I think so. Uh, the wooden fixing pole has become incredibly swollen, so it won't couple. Kept me awake uh, last night, endlessly banging away. I know. See, I don't mind things like that. It's when you see the shadow of a branch outside the window playing on your curtains. And you go, ooh, what's that? What's that? And you go, it's a branch. And then all of a sudden it bangs against the window. No, it's trying to come in and kill me. <laughs> Get quite panicky over branches on trees. Who's taking Kim for a ride? She's obviously been to Sainsbury's, I should imagine, if she's filling up a Louis Vuitton trunk. Uh, you're gambling with lives, anger at Tory MPs' attempt to save casino machines that bring misery to hundreds of thousands. Well, because people are addicted to them. I'm lucky, I can say, I'm not addicted to a, a machine in a, in a betting shop. But loads of people are. Loads of people are. Ollie Murs hopes one of the voice contestants makes his heart skip a beat. Oh, shut up. Shut up, shut up, shut up. You know, if you can't find somebody, that's your problem. But don't drone on about it. It makes you sound like a right wuss. Oh, I can't find a girlfriend. Oh, isn't that difficult? Oh, isn't it? I've got a new single. You know, that's the kind of thing it is. It's, uh, it's, it's ridiculous, really. But he is. Uh, he apparently dated Melanie Sykes last year. Says his love life, or lack of it, is the talk of his fellow judges. Well, you're obviously lying to them then, aren't you? Because we all know somebody that you've been seeing. Come on, honestly, these people, they must think we fell out of trees or something. Joe Swash admits he's sad to leave his wife, Stacey Solomon. They're not married, are they? I don't think they're married. Joe, exactly, Joe who? That showbiz. Joe Swash and Stacey Solomon, they're not, they're not married at all. He's just shacking up at her expense. Goodness sake, honestly. I mean, she's obviously a bit desperate. If you end up with Joe Swash, who's been around the block a few times... But uh, obviously he isn't, he isn't bothered about going over there. He's going, oh, I'm going to miss her. Well, don't go then. But of course, there isn't any other work. The youngest lottery winner, Jane Park, has split from her boyfriend. I mean, you know, she's 23, he's 19. Well, of course, they've split. That was never going to last, honestly. You can predict how long these things are going to go for. Seriously. Uh, also, what's a picture here? This is uh, the Euro wi- uh, Millions winner. This is not the latest one. This is one from a, a little while ago. And he's called Adrian Bayford. He's been on holiday with a glamorous single mum. Oh, what was it about that man with about 60 million quid in the bank that first attracted you, dear? <laughs> uh, he spent a week in Cyprus with kids' clothing website boss Nikki Costello Brummett. Oh, nothing like chav double-barrelled names, because it's certainly not classy at all. But the mum of one insists her relationship is strictly a business. Yeah, she's found his money. <laughs> That's the business. That's the business. You watch. You watch. Um, also, gay lessons in schools. 
Apparently, it's a million-pound anti-bullying drive. Children will be taught to be accepting of same-sex couples to show affection in public. Oh, right. Do you think kids make any... Di- what, what do they care? They don't care, do they? They don't see that sort of... They, they couldn't care less. So, under a million-pound anti-bullying drive, Equalities Minister Penny Mordaunt will fund teacher training and classroom materials to help pupils understand the differences in sexuality. Not like it's complicated enough with Fuzzy Felt Farm, Fuzzy Felt Post Office, and, you know, having to do maths and arithmetic and learning about the Bible. Now they're going to teach you about sex. What age is this? Apparently, the move follows an official poll of 108,000 lesbian, gay, bisexual and transgender people, which found 70% of them avoid showing affection for a partner in public. And? I don't quite get the... the Do it! Do it! You want to snog? Snog. I mean, obviously you can't go that far, but, you know, just snogging is fine. I don't... You shouldn't be embarrassed to show that that sort of thing. You know, people who want to show... I do it to the producer. Come in, throw the arms around him. We do group hug. You know, then we do rah, 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 rah. We do that kind of thing. He does a bit of cheerleading. I produce a mince pie and he doesn't talk to me for the remainder of the morning. It's as simple as that, you know. No good. It's no good lulling me, he says, into a full sense of security, trying to make me eat something festive. See? Pre-empting bonfire night, you see? We should have given you a warning on that one. That's what they sound like, if you've never you've never heard fireworks. But, but it's the smell, isn't it? The smoke. The smoke, and then you suddenly realise the garden shed's on fire. And uh, the, the smell... Oh, lovely. The smell of fireworks. Please, please. Yes. Uh, what else we got here? The star slims back to wed day wait. This is Kate Silverton. They've all got to find on the Strictly Dancing programme stories that are going to interest the media. And so they've got all sorts of things, you know, going on. Simon Webb says Strictly has lost its way. Uh, he's called for bosses to hire more mature professional dancers. Well, they are mature. They are mature. Well, when they say mature, do you mean older people? Older people. That's always a bit difficult, isn't it? Finding people, you know, who are the right age to, to appeal. I think I said the other day that they, they should definitely put on the Strictly Come Dancing Anita Harris. You know, because, well, you just should. Just should. I think that's... Uh, you know, so it's appealing to the people who, who are watching it. I couldn't believe this. TV star, she's not a star, she's not working at the moment, Catherine Tilsley jokingly calls herself a drag queen because of all the makeup she wears. Is that is that some sort of homophobic remark, Catherine? What do you mean you look like a drag queen because you wear so much makeup? What are you saying? Very homophobic there, dear. Don't like that at all. And they say here she is in full makeup. It just looks like somebody's done your makeup for you. Not all drag queens wear loads of makeup, but it's, it almost sounds like it's a derogatory statement. Have you seen Courtney Act? Makes you look a bit butch. Courtney Act looks really fantastic. And, uh, and that, so that's it. Unlucky in love, Eva. That was the character she played. It's only a character. Anyway, she's left it. She's done nothing ever since, apart from that. But uh, now she's having to launch herself into promoting a skincare product. That's how desperate it's become. Should never have left. Should never have left. Should have stayed there. Um, what else do we have? What else do we have? We have um, jailhouse rocks, lags are busking to cheer up fellow inmates. I told you I'd seen one of these little teeny tiny phones. I'm definitely going to buy one. They are so tiny. I mean, seriously, I, I could show it to the producer and he won't have seen anything as small as that for simply ages. Simply ages. Excuse me. So it's only because the tea is so hot this morning. I'm practically uh, sort of uh, taking off the uh, the skin off the roof of my mouth. The brass band who is selling, sending an album to all world leaders uh, pleading for peace. Good for them. Good for them. 
This is the Desford Colliery Brass Band. Eee, I love a brass band. I really do. In fact, actually, uh, I, I, I did play in a brass band. I wasn't particularly good, but uh, they're amazing. So they've sent their album filled with tunes of peace, which are going to be sent to every world leader. Oh, they'll probably end up destroying it. They'll probably get some sort of bomb or something. You know what people are like nowadays. Uh, here he is, Floggett's Paul Martin. Are we finally getting rid of Floggett? Thank God for that. He's a bit creepy, actually. He does a lot of touching. But uh, he's uh, he's being in the best shape of his life. He's nearly 60. They make out that, like, 60 is some sort of... Some new sort of... It's it's the equivalent of 100 or something like that. 60 is nothing. 60 is nothing at all. It's, it's just ridiculous. Goodness sake, honestly. Uh, Steve, uh, re the Royal Litter Patrol. The image of Charles dressed in a high-vis jacket with a roll-up hanging out of the corner of his mouth is comical. Should get his own series. That, but, but, I mean, also, why would the boys say that? Oh, yeah, because, you know, like Papa or Papi, um, you know, used to go out picking up litter. When? When did he go out picking up litter? And why is there no photograph of it? They do that all the time, don't they? Uh, 84850, steve at uk. Do you ever get the heebie-jeebies, says Tony? No. Somebody asked me, what did somebody ask me earlier on, actually? I thought, I thought it was a little bit uh, strange. Um, was it, that's right. Would you be in favour of bringing back hanging? Not really, no. Not really. I'm not uh, in favour of bringing back hanging because they make mistakes. And once you've made a mistake, you can't kind of redress the balance, can you, and get somebody back. And uh, does it does it solve anything? No. In America, they've got more people on death row than at any other time. It's it's amazing. It's amazing. And you'd think if if the death penalty was a deterrent for people not to commit crimes, you're wrong. It is no deterrent. That's why people kept going. We had a death penalty in this country. It didn't stop people committing crimes. People carried on committing crimes. So they weren't bothered, because presumably if you're that way inclined and you're going to go out there and... You're listening to a podcast why from LBC. The answer is... You're not. Quick time check. It's six fifteen. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Uh, Ian says I found money has never remotely bothered me at all, with the exception of when large amounts are involved. I don't. Oh yes, but I, I never worry about things like that. But you're right. I mean, I, I, I watch it carefully. I don't, want it, I don't want it to disappear, as they say. Nineteen minutes past six at seven this morning. The weekend breakfast show. With Andrew Castle up for discussion today, the Tory MP calling for the return of the death penalty, the trafficked Europeans you may have to pay to stay in post-Brexit Britain, and thousands of Muslims to march against hate and terror. That's 11.30 at Marble Arch. I tell you that now because a lot of taxi drivers listening, a lot of people who use Marble Arch and uh, sort of going round, so it's going to be up there from 11.30. So if you're in town at the moment, which I am, I shall have to... Uh, Get out a different way. I don't know how many people are expected. You'll find out more on the Weekend Breakfast Show with Andrew Castle at 7 this morning on LBC. Uh, Stuart says, great shows. I lived in Germany before London and winter tyres are thinner. Harder tyres are allowed on the roads, whereas snow chains can only be used on snow. Well, they used to use them in, uh, in Vienna. Because when it snowed in Vienna, it snowed in Vienna. You know, the roads were absolutely ice patches. And because it's all hills... Little hills here. Oh dear, I tell you, we had some we had some real narrow scrapes going up, and you have to put them on. You have to put them on. So they've got these sort of things that just clip over. It's quite good actually. Uh, another one here. Royal the uh, the Royal Litter Patrol. Yes, we, we we like the idea of Charles getting his own uh, his own series on the television. 
And uh, and Peter says, must ask you, when you're out with your friends, do you let them speak? Because you don't seem to breathe in between. I'm doing a radio programme. What do you think? I'm going to sit here and wait for you to come up with something. I mean, good Lord. And by the way, he, he is two words. Just thought I'd mention that now, you know, just to be pedantic. No, of course they speak. This is what I do for a living. It's like, you know, if I was a trapeze artist, do you think I'd look around for something to hang off and swing backwards and forwards when I'm out with my friends? Going, look at me, look at me. Woo! No, of course not. You don't do things like that, do you? It's like, you know, if you're, if you're a stripper, you don't walk down the high street, stand in front of a mirror in a shop and start taking your clothes off because that's what you do for a living. No, no, I, I talk in exactly the same way as everybody else does. No difference. No difference at all. Daily Star this morning. What, what scandal do we have? Good morning, Britain. Susanna Reid has found love with the football chairman, Steve Parrish. That was a bit quick. She was single the other day. Uh, and also Kim Kardashian has this Louis Vuitton trunk full of sex toys. We don't need that kind of talk, do we? Not on a Sunday morning. I mean, most of you don't even know what a sex toy is. Although, actually, I, I bought a little present for, for Darren, which I shall, I shall probably give to him tomorrow. He's going to be so excited. Seriously. Uh, Bross pin-up Matt Goss, the man who's so in love with himself, it's almost embarrassing, is releasing his own brand of champagne. He's 50, and uh, they say he now stars regularly in Las Vegas. I don't think he does. I don't think he does. I think he, that's that's finished, doesn't it? He told the Times magazine his fizz would be named after him. What, sickly? <laughs> I don't know, what are you going to call it? Matt Goss Champagne. What, has he, has he bought a vineyard or something? He says, I'm very proud of it. What, you're growing your own grapes? How hilarious. Uh, Bross had huge hit hits, um, including When Will I Be Famous. They couldn't think of any others after that, so they gave up. They reunited last year for a 30-year anniversary gig at London's O2. A documentary film, Bross After the Screaming Stops, is out this month. Actually, that's almost the identical title to the Bay City Rollers book. You know, After the Screaming Stops. Same sort of thing. Nothing original about Bross at all. They didn't talk for years. And then they decided they needed to sort of get back together for some reason. And so they got back together. The shows didn't sell out as they uh, proclaimed that they did as fast. And in fact, a lot of them had to be cancelled. So we just had sort of a couple and they weren't packed out. That was the trouble. Because there's a limit. If you're a Bross fan, they haven't released any, any material for ages and ages and ages. And so now they've got this film which is sort of looking at the life. But unfortunately for Matt, he doesn't seem to have the one thing that you're supposed to have in this business, which is fun. Fun. He doesn't have fun. There's no fun in his life. Every time you see him being interviewed, he's like, you know, so sort of serious. Like that. I mean, I'm not sure if he can't move his face because of Botox or he's had fillers. Or, and you sort of think to yourself, you know, why are you not having fun? It's like Victoria Beckham. Smile, for God's sake, you know. And if you are going to, tell your face about it in advance so it can prepare itself. Because, you know, there's nothing... You know, you would think, you know, if you look like Matt Goss, and he's, he could be quite good-looking, it's just he takes himself so seriously. And they were a little popsicle band. They weren't sort of like rock gods, you know, all this kind of stuff. They were a little popsicle band. There were two of them. Sorry, three of them. Then they became two. And then Craig went on to be sort of big in the music industry. And then Matt goes over to Vegas and plays The Gossy Room. You know, which is uh, him sort of pretending he's Frank Sinatra wearing a, a trilby hat. Can't work out about the hair. We're not sure about the hair. And it holds 150 people. He's not playing... They went, he's playing Caesar's Palace. He's not playing the arena in Caesar's Palace. He's playing a little dive bar with girls who gyrate and they might or might not expose their bosoms, you know, when you're having a drink. That's the kind of thing. You know, Vegas is full of stuff like that. But uh, they, he, he just takes himself so seriously. If he didn't take himself seriously, it would be so much better. So much better. 
Steve says, Jesse, why do you need three pairs of garden shears? Uh, gifts. I've just given one to my brother, who's going to give it to his, his girl. Oh, I hope she's not listening. Got a pair of shears for a quid, <laughs> which I thought was OK, actually. And uh, then I gave another pair to somebody else, and I've got a pair, too, for cutting back uh, some of the plants. I thought a pound for a pair of shears. I thought that was really good, really good value. Kim says, I was lucky enough to have eight siblings who were also my best friends. On bonfire night, the lead up to it was preparing our guy uh, to be put by the front gate where, gate where people used to pass as they left the factory. As you can imagine, we did quite well. So we were allowed then to have a few fireworks, which we let off around the bonfire whilst eating our baked potatoes and hot dogs. Mm. God, we never had any. Yes, we've heard the fireworks. Why don't you have the Christmas music? What's the matter with the Christmas music, you miserable devil? It just doesn't do Christmas music. It really doesn't. It's like, oh, don't do, you can't do it because it's not Christmas. We had exactly the same with the Cushing fella. Exactly the same. He wouldn't have anything to do with Christmas because it was too... What's this? Oh, bros. Oh, it's so annoying, isn't it, to hear it? If that's it. I mean, you know, the idea is good... If own, I mean, Luke always smiles. He's laughing. He's happy. I don't think Matt's happy. I seriously don't think he's happy. They sort of said, oh, he's, he's been out with Melanie Sykes. Well, I mean, she's been out with everybody. I should imagine the producer's probably dating her at the moment. Every time somebody comes, twice you've done her. Yeah, divorced once and dated twice. Everybody has. Probably I have somewhere. I'll just have to check the diary. I can't remember, actually. I never knew d- names. It'll be a code word or something. Oh, that's better. You need a cup of tea on a Sunday morning. I don't care what anybody says. Just to actually get through the stories in the newspapers. They're not exactly the most brilliant, I'm afraid. Uh, The Vatican Museums are considering a cap on visitor numbers. They're worried it could cause a stampede. On peak days, 30,000 people jostle and sort of push and shove and all the rest of it. And uh, the Vatican, which is home to the Pope, has hired a Spanish firm to improve ticketing. Wow. Uh, Food based by prisoners, pies in particular, have just won awards. The Custodial Pie Company was set up in North Wales at Berwyn a few months ago. They've already run a string of honours, including 2018 Public Sector Champion at the British Pie Awards. I like what fillings they have. I can tell... No, not porridge. You can't... This is your only joke. The 12 varieties include Welsh skirt and shin of beef. They're sold at £1.80 to four quid each. Sounds boring already, doesn't it, really? I prefer your, your sort of porridge... Way, way too lame gag. I mean, that's just porridge pie. Well, you can have you can have snail ice cream, can't you? Heston Blumenthal did snail ice cream. Yeah, I don't. Ooh, I don't like that. They had a, a thing the other day of people. You know, they were doing the Guinness Book of Records, and this boy put snails on his head. He leant backwards and put snails on there. If they fell off, they didn't. They didn't count. I thought you can have a bee beard. Yes, as long as you take take the Queen. I think it's the Queen, and they all attract round round the Queen. And actually, apparently, you only you only get stung very very rarely, very rare. Just being, I've been stung by a bee before. Oh, blimey, it hurts! I'm telling you, it does hurt. Uh, eight, 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 never, never what? Really, I can arrange it. And by nettles, when you were young, little little shorts, were you running? Did you get ow ow? And you, yeah, but then you have to look for dock leaves, don't you? Did you do that? The dock leaves. They do. And then you just cut them off and you hold them over. The, and apparently that's supposed to make a difference. And then your skin goes all sort of bubbly, doesn't it? Because you've been... It's, it's like a slight little infection. But uh, very exciting. No, you used to dare yourselves, did you? What a sad child you must have been. OK, dare you to run through the nettles. 
<laughs> Next one, let's get the ducking stool out. Let's see whether you survive being held underwater for 25 minutes. <laughs> Mad, isn't it, really? <laughs> 84850, uk. Uh, Steve um, da, 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 da. Uh, Royal Litter Patrol TV series feature our future king can be titled High Viz Chaz or Charlie Street Walking Prince says Max no I mean, I, I, you're not going to get him to do it you're not going to get him to do it although he does have a sense of humour certainly more than Matt Goss I mean that's, that's just one of those sad things if he, if he lightened up it, people people have so much more fun with him but he's, he's just he takes it all seriously and comes up with these perhaps he's been in America too long you know, because he was saying to the loose women when they were on there, he was going, this is, this is like, you know, our, our favourite programme. I think, God, how boring. What a dull thing. It's like, you know, Nick, you're my favourite producer. You know, it's just, it's a lie to start with. But, you know, you say it. And it, it just, yeah, all right. Like a big deal about it. Not nice, is it, really? Uh, guess who's going out with uh, Kate Beckinsale? Won't believe it. No, not Melanie Sykes. See, that's what I'm dealing with. That's, what, that's how I'm coping, getting through life. I'll be so glad when Christmas gets here. It'll be so much easier once we can stuff nuts in his mouth. Uh, coming up now to uh, 6.30, I think, and the latest news headlines on LBC with Philip Krisikos. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. 26 minutes to 7. So who, who is romancing Kate Beckinsale? None other than Jack Whitehall, they're saying. Jack had been with his last girlfriend for some time, and uh, they went out... Um, it's interesting. She's teetotal. It's obviously the big new thing, being teetotal, I'm telling you. And uh, and then they went into a hotel. I think he was in Chinos and Trainers. He had previously confessed that sex gives him heartburn. I don't know what heartburn is. What's heartburn? Is that where you sort of you get very hot or something like that? Is it like pains? Pains and and pressure and different... Oh, it's difficult to explain. All right, OK. He can't explain it to you. It's obviously way, way too rude. But two months ago, she was pictured with somebody else who was uh, an American toy boy, 23. And he was also a stand-up comedian. So there you go. So they arrive at a London... Well, why not, for goodness sake? What difference does it make if people want to go out with each other? I love it, really. I think it's quite sweet. And sort of, they, they lead them a merry dance. So here we go. Posy picture for one of the dreary Fahir's sisters. And uh, what's that? That's... Uh, Oh, right. oh, Lord above, honestly. Not sure about that one at all. So it's uh, so it's an acid reflux. So you get a chronic cough, uh, persistent hoarseness or laryngitis, sore throat, stomach pain, burning in the abdomen, regurgitation of... Good God in heaven. All of that through... I'm not surprised he didn't have sex very often. That's Not that I'm saying he doesn't, but, you know, if he didn't, then, you know, that would be the reason, because he gets heartburn. Uh, the reality star, Billy Fahir, is the most boring per Oh, no, dreary sister. God knows. Imagine finding two dull people in the same family. Uh, they were soaking up the sun. They don't actually work for a living. They don't do anything, really. But apparently, uh, the show, which started on ITVB last week, follows the mum of two and her sister, Sam, as they navigate family life. In other words, they're just a waste of space. It's like following, you know, Prince uh, Andrew's children. They don't do much either. But uh, ex-Towie star Billy will also use the spot to spill secrets about her spring wedding. What, she's going to be walking down the aisle wearing white and somebody be throwing confetti. It'll be the usual old toffee, won't it, really? But uh, the other one can't, can't find people to get married to. Petra, uh, my Me Too pain. This is Petra Eccleston. Again, you know, nice to do something. I mean, I'm sort of 
you know, both her and her sister, not really uh, bothering with. And uh, she managed to find somebody called James Stunt, who she was married to. Stunt by name, stunt by nature, by the look of it. Uh, Dave Beckham, out with his funny hair. That hair is so hilarious. And uh, it says here he was thrilling Thai kids at a footy coaching. So they don't know who he is. Why would they know who he is? It's David Beckham. He advertises pants and whiskey. But he put the hundred youngsters through their paces uh, and then praised their passion. He got paid for it. This is a fee-paying gig. OK. Meanwhile, Victoria nearly pushed a smile at the, uh, at the Global Gift Gala in London. So the Spice Girls are set to uh, get back together again and tour. I think they're on Jonathan Ross this week. Uh, everybody except her. She doesn't want to do it. And that's her choice. If she doesn't want to do it, then she doesn't want to do it. Listen, she didn't feature very much on there. You know, she was she was a Spice Girl, but she didn't feature in the... Watch the video and you count the minutes until she la-las into I'll tell you what you want, what you really, really want. Because she's not known as a singer. We knew that before. I don't think there's anything particularly uh, particularly odd about that. It's just that she's happy doing what she's doing. Uh, another one here. Do you think Charlie talked to the weeds on his litter patrol walk about, says Carl? I think it's highly likely. I talk to plants. Don't you talk to plants? I talk to plants. You talk to your... Ch- oh, you've got a chilli plant. How dull. A chilli... What do you use that for? Making chilli. How long do you have to wait before you can have a meal with chilli in it? <laughs> Christmas. <laughs> Might as well start eating the bloody mince pies now, mind you, really. It's a pointless exercise. It's like a friend of mine's got a little herb... It's quite nice. It's a herb thing. little herb garden in a, in a trough with all the different herbs, and she just picks it off and sort of... I think Jamie Oliver does roughly the same thing. I don't, of course, because I don't do things like that at all. A chilli plant, yeah. I'm thinking of getting... You, it's like you actually get people, they go, oh, I bought a little orange tree, and you go, you're not going to get any oranges on it, are you? Unless it's in a greenhouse, heated to tropical temperatures, or bananas or something like that. We can't grow that in this country. We don't have the, the decent sort of weather, but we can grow cucumbers. Love cucumber. Love cucumber. Uh, Steve, uh, fizzog means face. So naming his face after champagne is a bit is a bit quirky, says Dave. This is Matt Goss. I mean, I don't know whether he's going to call it Matt Goss champagne. Um, and I, don't, I mean, I can't quite see the... I mean, I don't know if it's going to come true. If it isn't going to come true, you never know really, do you? Because as far as I know, he doesn't own a um, a vineyard. So unless you own a vineyard. And also, you can only have your own champagne with grapes grown in the Champagne region. You can't have it anywhere else. So unless he's moved to France and he's gone, uh, yeah, because I'm going to grow grow grapes, have have champagne. Uh, David in Nottinghamshire, he says, glad the BBC put the latest Joe Lysett game show show on an early Saturday evening. Gives me time to have a nap before I go out. I wonder if it's commissioned by the same BBC whiz kid who gave Mel and Sue the Generation Game. And have you seen Joe Lysett? It is the worst programme on television. No, it's not the worst programme. The worst programme is Holly Willoughby doing a sport programme. It's just the biggest pile of tosh you've ever seen in your life. And now you've got Joe Lysett with a game show. with uh, Because they can't find anybody who wants to, wants to appear on the thing. So they, um, they've had to start poaching from ITV. So they had Alison Hammond on. I mean, I watched it for a little bit and I thought, God, this is rubbish. But uh, there again, Mel and Sue's Generation game, equally rubbish. Didn't work at all, even though they twisted them round. They tried to do this, tried to do that. It just doesn't work. It just What on earth is that bloke wearing? Mark Smith's sweet shop owner. Why is he wearing a ridiculous hat like that? What's the matter with these people? Don't these people... Does he think he's Willy Wonka or something? What do they look like that for? He just runs a sweet shop. 
Although, actually, I'd love a sweet shop. I've always wanted to get down a jar off the shelf, undo it, and then tip it into the thing. We used to do nut crunch years ago. Lemon sherbets, yeah. Did you ever have orange sherbets as well? Oh, orange sherbets were lovely. Exactly the same, except it was shaped like a little bit of an orange. If you bit, bit the end off, you could get your tongue in there and get the sherbet out. The sherbet lemons, though, they were good for... Oh, can you still buy them, I suppose? You must be able to. Tesco do... Oh, right. Tesco do an imitation one. I like the um, the little bags of sherbet, and you had a lollipop, and you dipped it in there, and then the sherbet... Sher- sherbet fountains with the licorice. I could never suck it up through that. I tried. Lord knows... Lord knows you'd sit there, you'd bite the end of the licorice off and you'd go, nothing at all. In the end, you'd take the licorice out, take the paper off the top and tip it into your gob. And uh, and then you'd, then you'd choke on it. It's lovely. I love stuff like that. Uh, Paul Hollywood's wife apparently has opened up about their breakup, calling it the toughest time of my life. Who cares? I don't want to be rude about it, but it's got absolutely diddly squat to do with us. You know, if you can't keep a relationship together, if he plays away, that's that's the family's business. Nothing to do with me at all. But uh, she says, I plan to live my new life boldly, be creative, cook like mad, usual sort of thing. So they filed for divorce and um, and he's with he's with somebody else. But it doesn't matter. I don't care. I don't think we should have to know this. I think that's somebody's private life. Because the next time somebody asks you, you go, well, that's private. You think, well, you've told us everything else about it. I'm always, I'm always very loath to discuss people's you know, marital status and, you know, whether they split up and all this kind of thing. Charlie Girling, Charlie Girling, horrified that uh, that Joe Swash and uh, and Stacey Solomon, Ollie Murs and Melanie Sykes, she says, I'm not sure if I'm still dreaming. I need to come back to work. I know I was asking the other day, I said, when's she back at work? All these gruesome twosomes have totally passed me by. Well, somebody's saying that Joe Swash and Stacey are married. They're not married. They're absolutely not married. He's moved into a house because he's the one who was declared bankrupt and she's going to have to pay for it by the sound of it. And Ollie Murs and Melanie Sykes, who's done the round. Both of them have. Both of them have. We all know what Ollie Murs was getting up to. But, I mean, what a, a strange combination. And then, you know, and then Matt Gosling with Melanie Sykes. Perhaps she's available or something. Perhaps people sort of phone her up and go, Mel, it's Matt Goss. Oh, yeah, I'll be round. Thank you. You know, because they apparently used to go out. Inside the wacky mind of Freddie Flintoff, we did him on Friday. He's a good-looking boy, Freddie Flintoff. He's ginger, I know, but, you know, ginger people sometimes make it in show business. And he's very busy. He, I mean, he's got to be one of the busiest boys I've spoken to recently. And um, he's got... Uh, he isn't doing panto this year, but he hasn't ruled out panto. I said, you've turned into a lovey. And he said, do you think? I said, I think you definitely have. Definitely have. But uh, he's, he's very nice. His book's very interesting. It shows you, you know, what goes on inside his mind. To get your head around that, you should be, uh, should be OK. Uh, another one here. How about a broken rib and a black eye custodial pie? Which is good. Which is good. Yeah. We're thinking of these pies. They, they, they come from prison. And they're apparently very good. Uh, another one here. Uh, Amy says, I can remember an occasion when you were quiet. No, you can't. When you interviewed Brian Blessed, you barely got a word in edgeways. No, I didn't. I held my own and got a word in edgeways. Uh, like the idea about the prisoners making pies with all the interesting fillings. What happened to the hacksaw blades? That was... What was that you've just eaten? What was that? Oh, right. They're nice, aren't they? Are they good? Because they're full of vitamin C. But you need to eat an entire orange grove for it to have any effect on anything at all. Yes, you like them, don't you? They're nice, actually. There's something nice about satsumas and, and orange. And now you can get these clementines, but they those are... Are they Nordicuts or whatever they call them? 
Nordicots. I think they're, they're Nordicots. I'm pretty certain. Seedless, easy. But yeah, there's a bit on the bottom that says what it is, uh, where it's got the date. Nordicots? Nordicots, yeah. Which is, it's, I think it's another name for Satsumas or something like that. Yeah, of course. I mean, I, do, I don't know how do they grow. Do they grow on bushes? Are they on bushes? I don't know. We, have, we should never find out these things. We never know because I don't know where where sort of it must be a, it must be a tree, mustn't it? it? Must be a tree that these little things grow on. I like the little Chinese ones, the little tiny uh, satsu. Oh, so cute! Mm. Oh, there you go. Uh, the Kalamondin trees, and that looks beautiful, doesn't it? And it's got it resembles a mandarin tree. And give it a sunny spot on your patio. That one is just bursting with fruit. Isn't it, really? And you can get them in different heights and everything else. Oh, I like the idea of that. 39. But that's beautiful. That is really gorgeous. I'd love a greenhouse. You know, you've got lots of things like that. Time check. Time check. Time check. Uh, oh, I don't like Terry's chocolate orange. You know why? It's not orange. It's a it's chocolate flavoured orange. I thought it was actually an orange covered in chocolate and you'd bite into it and it would go all squidgy in your mouth and though christmas fruit <laughs> terry's chocolate orange it's not terry's it's mine uh it's uh, 14 minutes to seven you're listening to a podcast from lbc thank you andrew very much indeed sorry we, we, we played the wrong one under it. the computer's having a bit of a bit of a mare of a day but it's all sorted now it's all happy it now appreciates when when christmas is and you know, and how it's all working, but we just can't eat anything to do with uh, with Christmas at all. Do you know Victoria Beckham has got her own chocolates? My friend John went over to Bruges, and in a warehouse he found Victoria Beckham chocolates. I mean, you know, she'll obviously jump onto any old bandwagon, I should imagine. Are we waiting for another trail? Do you want another trail? Sorry. No. No, I don't, I don't, want, to do, no, I don't want to do one now. No. Decided not to. They're very expensive. How much? For 16 pieces, 35 euros. That seems a lot, doesn't it? When you consider, what does she know about chocolate? You write on a grain of sand. It's just sort of... It, I mean, it looks pretty. They're all heart shapes. and They, they look quite nice, but I'm not going to spend that much money on, on chocolates. Not, not, not to line Victoria Beckham's pockets. Things like that. I mean, it's like, I wouldn't wear okay, the... I found this... Shut up. It's got a mind of its own, my phone. I tell you, I don't even ask it to say anything, and now it just pops up with sort of little things as if we're interested, which we're not. Ladies and gentlemen, heard you talking about Freddie Mercury in the recent past. If you haven't been, go and see Bohemian Rhapsody, says Martin. Yes, everybody's uh, told me that. Uh, also, I think that Posh Spice thinks she's too good to go back to the Spice Girls. Now she's a top designer. Well, you might be right. You might be right. Uh, <coughs> and um, uh, another one here. Anthony says, I had to switch off your in conversation. Oh, honestly, nothing worse. Nothing worse. Why? Because when Ben Fogel appeared, he falls into the same category as David Beckham and Alan Titchmarsh, always sniffing around the royals. I can't stick any of them. Well, that's a ridiculous thing to say, isn't it? The trouble is, Ben Fogel is very well healed. He does mix in those sort of circles. He doesn't need to sniff around them. They're well aware of who he is. He's a very well-educated young boy. I mean, admittedly, Beckham is only hanging around Harry in the Invictus Games because he's hoping that Harry can get him a knighthood. You can circumvent the knighthood process and you know what Beckham's like. He really wants the knighthood, so that's why. And Alan Titchmarsh doesn't. He, he's done a few programmes and I think he's done it with, with the Queen there and things like that. But um, well, that's just it's the nature of the beast, isn't it? It's like sort of saying, oh, you know, I had to, I had to turn you off because you mix with, with celebrities. 
you know, and yet you won't interview Gemma Collins. And you think, well, I'm not really that interested in Gemma Collins. I only talk to people I want to talk to. Makes it far more entertaining. If, if we all talked to every single one of them, it'd be a nightmare. Freddie's ruled out doing Panto. Oh, no, he hasn't. Well, he hasn't for next year. He really hasn't. Uh, and then there's always the Nativity. It's the most competitive event of the year, the school Nativity play. Uh, one in ten admit paying for extra singing and dancing lessons to try to give their children the edge. And almost one in twenty have tried to suck up to the child's teacher to land them a plum roll. Good Lord. Can you believe that? that? I mean, I was, I was just one of the three kings because it was my tea towel and uh, I was the uh, I was head head three king singing we three kings of orient are one in a taxi one in a car Gooter pipping his hooter following yonder star oh wearing a playtex bra Lord above different schools you see Mine was all boys. <laughs> we didn't know about things like that at all. We didn't worry about it. Uh, so here we go. It's the chilling connect between two drug-dealing dynasties. One is the Adams family, and uh, they say wealth 200 million. Strangely enough, the Collins family, uh, they, they, they've got one dipstick, and this is little, little Arthur Collins, who they say leads the family firm. He's in prison, of course. <laughs> Going to be there for some years. Uh, they say they live in a million-pound mansion. No, it's not. I've seen it. It's, a, it's a, a ropey old place by the look of it. But uh, Arthur drove a leased Mercedes for his arrest. Favoured weapon, fists and acid. And uh, celeb connections, reality TV A-list. Although Arthur has split from Fern McCann. They have a child together. He doesn't know any reality A-list. There aren't any A-list people in, re- in reality shows. They're all Zed. They have to be Zed. There's, there's no point, actually, is there? really. Uh, the Badger family, who are the internet sensation... And the soup for cats. So this is the Sun on Sunday test. Chicken and veg broth for moggies has up to 25 times more meat. But I'm not recommending that you eat cat food. Although it is possible. It's just that I just I wouldn't want to do it. Would you? No, I don't think so. And uh, it's easier just to give them normal soup. I mean, I'd, you'd have to check with your vet as to whether or not there's anything in it that can harm them. But I don't, I don't think so. Cats eat all sorts of things, don't they? And so that, that would make it marginally more entertaining but I mean it certainly save you a small a small fortune anything that's it's like you know I've always said to diabetics they go oh there's a range of diabetic chocolate I say listen eat normal chocolate just don't eat very much you don't need to eat diabetic stuff at all you really don't um also um um, um what's this oh the full English She's a slimline scoffer. She's in the papers today. Kate Ovens polished off a monster 4,000-calorie full English breakfast in 30 minutes. She said eating it was a dream come true. It's a sizzling platter challenge at Tilehurst in Berkshire, equal to five regular fry-ups. I'm not sure about that, actually. I'm not sure about regular fry-ups. And the Corrie star, Brooke Vincent, compared to Gwyneth Paltrow. Over the launch of her lifestyle business. Oh, do me a favour, honestly. I'm so sorry. It's just it's ridiculous. They just sort of come up with this rubbish, don't they? Uh, so the front page, you've got new love for TV, Susanna. The Express fireworks funfair horror. Eight children. Eight children badly hurt as the, uh, as the slide collapses at the bonfire night party. Uh, the people this morning, who's taking Kim for a ride? Just about everybody, I think. You are gambling with lives. This is banning the casino machines. They're addictive. They're very, very addictive. And it's a case of you can't uh, you can't just go in and pop it. It's like going to Vegas. 
I'd defy anybody to go to Vegas, unless you're particularly strong, and not put any money in any machines. Because that would be that would be the thing, wouldn't it? That would be the thing. Not putting money in machines. Front page of the uh, the mail. Downing Street making an official complaint after the uh, Radio 4 budget report. So Theresa May's gone to war with the BBC. Oh, well, it'll be interesting. Uh, plus the special edition of the event magazine, Charles at 70. Charles at 70. Uh, plus front page of the uh, Sunday Telegraph. You've got uh, Michael Rue Jr.'s classic French recipes, nine cakes to bake to warm your heart. I wish I was more into cake. I do like a slice of cake, but not all the time. Uh, also, Prince Charles, uh, the Prince of Wales, greeted by traditional dancers during uh, the tour of Accra in Ghana during his nine-day tour of West Africa. I like the Harry Winston Red Jewels of the World advert underneath that because it's got all sorts of wonderful, wonderful diamonds. Uh, Sunday Times, the best pies ever. I wonder if these are the ones that have come from prison. Uh, also, the disgraced MP forced to resign as a minister after bombarding two barmaids with more than 2,000 explicit text messages. This is uh, Andrew Griffiths. He said he was suffering a manic episode. He spent 31 days in a, in a hospital. Right, right. Uh, the Observer today, Aaron Banks facing new claims of misleading MPs over Brexit. Uh, that's the whole front page. Chrissy Hind, My Life and My Art. And uh, finally, 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 the uh, the Sunday Times. Again, comforting cakes and things like that. That's it this morning. Thank you very much indeed for your uh, company. I'll be back with you tomorrow morning from four on LBC. And uh, let me tell you, I'm back with you this evening at nine o'clock for In Conversation. That... Uh, that uh, discussion with with Sally Field it's uh, it's quite hard hitting stuff quite hard hitting stuff so I hope you join me at nine o'clock this evening for that and then as I say we'll be uh, back again tomorrow morning to start wondering I don't know what the weather's like I always like to sort of treat it as if it's it's going to be really exciting make sure you download the LBC app you can listen to uh, all the programs for the last week for free download it and then tap catch up at 10 o'clock this morning Nigel Farage but right now with breakfast Andrew Castle If you enjoyed this podcast, listen to Steve Allen live from 4am Monday to Friday and Sunday from 5am.